The TV show Doomsday Preppers painted the prepping world in a very unfavorable light. And some people base their opinion of prepping based on that show. I keep reading in various groups and forums where some people are saying that you've got to do this or you've got to do that to be considered a prepper. Well, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to do any particular thing or have to have some specific piece of gear to be a prepper or to become prepared. On today's episode, we're going to talk about who really is a prepper, and we're going to also talk about three levels of preparedness. Hey, this is Future Mark. I just wanted to step in here and let you know that there is a mistake in the episode number. So if you want the proper episode notes, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 438. It's not 437, it's 438. Welcome to Practical Prepping. Today is December 4th, 2023, and today's episode is number 437. This is the Prepping Podcast. We have no bunkers, no zombies, no alien invasions, just practical prepping, where we believe that stuff happens, so we need to stay prepared. And we're here to help you get prepared. I am Krista. And I'm Mark. And today we'll be talking about who really is a prepper and three levels of preparedness. Now, if you'd like the expanded notes for this episode, go to practicalprepping.info forward slash 437. And if you aren't receiving the Practical Prepping newsletter, go to practicalprepping.info, click on free PDF, and you'll receive the free Getting Started in Prepping PDF, and you'll be added to the newsletter. Welcome to the episode. Well, I'm glad to be here. How about you? I'm glad to be here and glad you folks are here, too. And let us be one that wishes you Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. We know that lots of our listeners celebrate many different holidays. Oh, yeah. And we respect and admire all of that. And we celebrate Christmas. And we're looking forward to a bright and prosperous and very happy new year. And we wish that for you as well. Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. Well, ask, not asking you. me or I'm asking or our the, listeners. The folks that are here with us. I'm talking to those who are listening to us today. Okay. Do you have a fire extinguisher or a smoke detector? Mm. You're a prepper. Check. You're prepared for a fire. Right. Do you buy toilet tissue one roll at a time or do you buy the multi-pack? I'd bet that after 2020, you keep a decent supply. You know, that's right. And you're a prepper. Do you have auto insurance or wear a seatbelt? Okay. I know it's required by law in most states, but... Would you believe a lot of people don't? I would believe. It seems to be the ones that always hit me. <laughs> <laughs> no insurance. Would you believe that some people drive when they don't even have a driver's license? You'd believe that because you've pulled several of those over. <laughs> about, about 10% of the driving public. Oh, gosh. And if you do all three of these, then you're prepared in case of an accident or getting pulled over by law enforcement. I see where you're going here. I see where I'm going. Okay. Now, you may not call yourself a prepper or even realize that you are, but we've already established the fact that you are a prepper. Okay. Now, we just need to define it a little more and help you find the level of prepping you'd like to be doing. Okay, so let's define prepper. A prepper is an individual who engages in activities and preparations to become self-reliant and ready for various emergencies 
or disruptions like a natural disaster, an economic challenge, or even social unrest. But what does a prepper do? Now, here's a few things that preppers do. They focus on skills, resources, and strategies for survival in adverse condition. We stockpile essential supplies. Right. We develop survival skills. Mm-hmm. And we have a mindset of preparedness. And all of this is to protect ourselves and our loved ones in time of crisis. So literally, the concept of prepping often involves different levels or stages of preparedness. It does. And the three common levels that we're going to cover today, it's important to note that these levels are not strictly defined and many times they cross over. Oh, that's okay. But this is very general. First is basic preparedness. This is level one. That's the few days up to a couple of weeks. This prepper focuses on the most basic of necessities and on the short-term disruptions. So what you're saying, the preparations on the basic level one prepper would be an emergency kit, first aid supplies, some water or ways to purify water, some non-perishable food, and a few basic tools. You know, basically what's recommended in the FEMA and the Red Cross 72-hour kit. Exactly. It's, a, it's, it's that kit expanded from anywhere from three days to a couple of weeks. I got you. So it's a short term. It covers potential disruptions, basically like a power outage or maybe some temporary evacuation. Exactly. Now we move to the intermediate preparedness. Okay, well, level two. Level two. This goes from several weeks to six or so months. Okay. It's not really defined there. It's how long do you feel like you need to be prepared for at this level? So that would be someone who has sustained self-sufficiency for several weeks to several months. Like you said, it addresses these more extended challenges like a long-term natural disaster relief situation that can often come from a hurricane a tornado, an earthquake, some of those natural disasters can sometimes yeah. be months in the reconstruction. Especially in the area of hurricanes yes. and F5 tornadoes. Right. You can have several months of disruption. And that can create some economic instability. And mm-hmm. that can happen from a natural disaster or it can just happen from an economic breakdown. And also, when you think about it, some areas of our country, as well as other areas around the world, are actually known as food deserts where the availability of a regular grocery type supply can sometimes be non-existent or Mm -hmm. at best very, very spotty. Uh, So those supply chain interruptions can sometimes really make a difference. And so we've got a level two type of preparedness that's going to be right around the six month plus in terms of food and water storage. Yeah, anything from above that two weeks on up to a number of months. And one thing that those preparations in level two are going to be is enhanced food and water storage. Exactly, It's really more of the same Mm -hmm. when it comes to food. You're also going to be looking at alternative energy sources. Like a generator. Generators, solar generator, Uh especially power banks and such as that. Solar chargers for the telephone. And you're going to be looking at basic survival skills and some additional supplies for longer-term disruptions. Mm -hmm. takes more things to go two months than it does two weeks. You're likely to also see fuel storage added to that Mm -hmm. as well, gasoline, diesel, that type of thing, kerosene, 
for those that are anticipating a seasons long or more type of a uh, yeah, or, necessity or propane. Yes, propane, propane heater. Right. The duration of these, as we've said, runs from several weeks to a number of months. And then we move to that advanced preparedness. Level three. That level three. This is where we'd all like to be. But the focus here is on long-term self-sufficiency for extended disruptions. A little bit more open-ended, perhaps. A, a lot more yeah. open-ended. This the people is, like at this level are thinking years more so than exactly. months. Exactly. They, they really are. Mm-hmm. One or more years. And this would be a grid-down situation or an economic collapse. And we could see economic issues with depression or hyperinflation. True. And I know we're complaining about the inflation today, and I think we're looking at grocery bills being 11 to 18% higher than they were a few years ago, mm-hmm. but we're not in hyperinflation. Hyperinflation is when we're looking at 10% per week, if not per yeah, day. Yeah, catastrophic exactly. inflation. And these folks are looking at societal collapse. Okay. When society has totally collapsed and now we are on our own, but there's also other long-term uh, challenges there. Now, the preparation here for level three is building a sustainable living practice. Uh-huh. This is your advanced homesteading skills. This is renewable energy sources, solar, wind, Hydro, mm-hmm. if you live near a creek, there are plans on the internet that you can build your own hydroelectric generator right there at that creek. And so that's the kind of things they're looking at. Level three is also looking at much higher security measures, and they often focus on community building or group building. Sort of a tribe kind of thing. A tribe. Mm-hmm. The level of this is months to multi-years. And this may very well be one of the reasons why the 25-year food bucket mm-hmm. was invented. It, when you're at level three, and believe it or not, there's even beyond level three, but once you're at level three, what has happened is your preparedness has now become your norm. This is now your daily life. Rather than something to bridge you from what you used to know to go back to what you used to know, this has now become this is my life now, mm-hmm. in a sense. So we're talking about a cataclysmic change, but there are some folks that are kind of there mentally already. Yes, and that 25-year that food comes in because you have now stored more food than you can rotate. Exactly. And you don't have to rotate the 25-year stuff. So right. we do have some 25-year storage food, but We're still at a level where we can rotate our food within a year or two, so it's not a great big thing there for us, but your level of prepping is determined by your specific needs and what you believe is your own level of risk. Now, whatever the level of prepping you choose, it can be a lot of work. Sure enough. And it takes a lot of focus, energy, and motivation, but aren't our families worth that? Since I started using Magic Mind, I do have more energy, I have more mental clarity, and I focus better. I'm also staying a step ahead of the procrastination right now. Mm -hmm, He is. If you have that morning fog, you run out of energy, you find it hard to focus, or you suffer from procrastination as I do, let me encourage you to try Magic Mind. 
They have a 30-day subscription that comes with a money-back guarantee. And if it doesn't work as well for you as it does for me, they'll refund all your money. No questions asked. You can pause that subscription. You can skip it. You can cancel it at any time. Hey, guess what? Magic Mind is also eligible for your HSA and your FSA spending. Those funds will expire if you don't use them. And a reminder, the end of the year is approaching. So spending those funds now means you're spending tax-free dollars and saves you even more. So go to magicmind.com slash practicalprepping and use the discount code PREPPER to get up to 56% off your first subscription and 20% off of a one-time purchase. We will put that link on the front of our website, practicalprepping.info. Now, we personally sit in the level two category. We are level two preppers. We don't have a bunker. No, we don't. We don't have a bug out location somewhere in the woods. No, we don't. We don't have five years of food stored up. Except for the bucket. But yeah, well, you're right. No, we don't. Well, we don't have five years worth of food. Oh, it yeah, that's last. right. It'll last if we don't use it. Gotcha. But if we use it, it's not going to last five years. And we don't have a homestead. Although... We have grown some of our own food, and we will grow a lot more next year. Yes. Now, our plan for a nuclear attack is just to go on home and be with the Lord. That is true. We really wouldn't want to survive that, and we probably wouldn't living in close proximity to a major target. But let's talk about being in that level two category. This is really where most preppers want to be. Most people don't want a bunker. I'd like to have an underground storm shelter, but don't really have a big desire for a bunker. Yeah. yeah. But let's talk about being in that level two and talk about some of the items and skills that somebody might consider to be in level two category. Well, I'm just going to zero in on my number one, and that is water storage. You've got to increase your water storage capacity. You've got to get larger containers or multiple containers in order to do that. And you also need to consider water purification methods, either by the use of water filters, purification tablets, or boiling the water, or a combination of all of those things. Yeah, and the easiest is the countertop water filter. We have the Pro One from ProOneUSA.com, and it does like two and a half gallons, and Maybe three gallons, but we fill it every day because we go through that much water every single day. It's great. It tastes so fresh. Yes. It's much better than what comes out of the tap. Now, you also want to look at your food storage. Instead of that two, three weeks, you want to expand that food storage to cover several months. And that's non-perishable foods like canned goods. Dry bags of grains like rice, beans, dehydrated items. Some people buy a dehydrator, and Mm -hmm. they're dehydrating their own fruits and vegetables and storing them as well. And you can store pastas and Mm -hmm. canned meats. And they do keep for years, Mm -hmm. uh, that type of thing. Yeah, well, I think we've got seven years worth of spaghetti in there. Oh, come on. (laughs) He's always gigging me on spaghetti. Hey, listen, where are my friends out there? All right, pasta people. I want you to raise your hands in solidarity. Are you with me? I want to hear from you. Do you love pasta as much as I do? Because if you do, you really, really love it. She loves pasta. That's her favorite food on the face of the earth. And about quite regularly, I say, what are you fixing for supper? And she'll say spaghetti. (laughs) 
Hey, that kitchen's open to anybody. I know. You can know. cook anytime you want to. But I eat much better when I stay out of that kitchen. <laughs> True. Now, if we've got that food stored up, we need some emergency cooking solutions. That's definitely a level two skill and resource right there. Invest in an alternate cooking method. We've talked about this. We've actually had episodes on alternative cooking methods. Cooking stove, solar cooker. Make sure you have fuel for your auxiliary stove, whether it's a camp stove or whether you're cooking on the grill. Mm -hmm. Make sure you have plenty of fuel stored for that. You don't want to be running out of propane if you're depending on a propane cooker to cook your food. That's very good. Put that in your threat assessment, people. Yes. Look at your fuel needs. And talking about energy source, let's look at an alternative energy sources. And that would be your investment in solar panels, portable generators, or other alternative energy sources. You also need to be thinking about rechargeable batteries and solar-powered charging devices, charging banks for your devices Mm -hmm. as well. You also want to have some basic survival skills. These are going to be situationally dependent to some degree, but you need to learn and practice essential survival skills like fire building, shelter construction, navigation, and any of us can take first aid and CPR courses. Did you see on the news last week, I think it was, where there was like a nine-year-old boy that was doing CPR on his mother and saved her life. I think I saw that story, and I also saw one where a teenage girl, I think she was 14, she had just completed a CPR course at school the week before, and then a family member collapsed during a Thanksgiving family Mm -hmm. gathering. I think it was an elderly aunt. And she leaped into action while they had called 911. She immediately began CPR. And by the time the medics got there, the great aunt was sitting up and talking, and they credit her with saving that woman's life. That's awesome. We need some alternative communications methods, and sometimes that involves a two-way radio. That helps locally, especially. And you need to establish a communication plan for those emergencies, especially with your family. Now, our family has, I can say it's a booklet, it's several pages, with all of our family members' contact information, phone numbers, email, Facebook, everything. And their ham radio call signs The ones that are ham radio (laughs) operators, it has that, and it has the repeaters in their local areas Mm -hmm. so that they can use, and it has the Echolink nodes on there so that sitting in North Alabama, We can contact Birmingham or we can contact North Carolina in order to let them know that we're okay. Exactly. But in this kind of a situation, all you need to do is get someone outside the impact area. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a very large area, get one person, get in contact with someone who will make a phone call for you, have them make that phone call. And then each side of the family starts contacting people on their side. So it only takes like an hour or so till the entire list has been notified that we're either okay or that they need to come and bring the Calvary. (laughs) (laughs) Also, think about your security measures. Level two preppers would have some sort of a security plan where you're prepared to protect your family, your own self, your property. Consider security measures like reinforcing your doors and your windows and acquire 
some basic self-defense skills and some self-defense tools. If that involves training with some form of weaponry, do so. Or uh, arming up with whatever you have decided is going to be your best choice for defense because you hopefully will never have to do that. You'll hopefully never be in a position where you're going to have to fight somebody mm-hmm. uh, over your stuff or the protection of a of innocent or helpless or vulnerable child or someone. But you just never know. You just never know. And We live in a world today where sometimes you have to uh, stick up for yourself and mm-hmm. uh, you have to be there. So you've got to consider if called upon to serve in that way, are you capable? What are your plans? Well, my plan, if you'd let me do it, I'd put a tank in the front yard with a mounted fifty caliber. Oh, well, knowing our luck, somebody uh, would try to steal it. Is that a little bit... uh, (laughs) Does that send a message? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) A little bit over the top. I think so. All right, here's one that's not over the top, and that's sustainable gardening. Oh, and you know, gardening can be as little or as big as, as you want it to be. We know of some urban dwellers right now that live on the 18th floor of a high rise, and they have four square feet. Mm-hmm. And they have got containers and a raised bed, and they raise their own herbs and their own tomatoes and lettuce and cucumbers and whatnot. Hey, listen, that counts. If it's food that you're eating and it's renewable, by all means. But Every you- bit that you raise, <laughs> you don't have to buy. Exactly. And, you know, plants are, are renewable. And if it gets wintry, you can just bring that inside for the season and then continue to grow and so on. But if possible, if you can get some crops into a good-sized garden, at your home or a rental or wherever it is that you're living, it just puts you that much more ahead and you have full control over what you are creating and you can create it to be organic where it doesn't have pesticide. You can have natural insect control that is possible. So do consider, I mean, we even know some people that just keep bees, but they extract honey and they make a living selling that local honey, especially because it helps to relieve a lot of allergies when people purchase and use the local honey. Mm-hmm. Another thing we want to look at is basic home repairs. We can save a lot of money by doing some of the basic home repairs ourselves, and we just need to learn how to perform those simple home repairs. Replacing a flushing device in a toilet, replacing the flow master in there, mm-hmm. or a fluid yeah. master. Or, or, you know, repairing a, a Leaked leaky pipe underneath a sink mm-hmm. sometimes can actually be done without needing any kind of plumber's education. And sometimes all that takes is turn the water off, take that off, clean off the connector, and put a little bit of Teflon tape on there, put it back on, tighten it up, and you've stopped the leak. And also, like keeping your gutters outside, mm-hmm. keeping them cleaned out. I know it can be a little bit dangerous, and we're not suggesting that if you're 95 years old that you scurry up a ladder and start cleaning out your gutters, but even if you pay to have it done, you're still ahead because you're not dealing with a rotting roof or a torn up frame. But you need to have some basic tools and materials on hand to fix those quick fixes that you can do. We keep some plumbing things. We, we joke about having the plumbing department, the electrical department. You know, I can go out there and I can get a replacement hose for something we have here. Yeah, we have a little gardening area in the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, a fuel area, just different things that we know that we have the skill for. And whatever is your comfort level, what the more you can do at your own house, again, you'll be ahead financially. Which brings us to that next point, financial preparedness to establish an emergency fund to cover some of those unexpected expenses. For example, you never really think about buying tires until you have to buy tires. Mm-hmm. 
And if you go out to buy tires, they can be anywhere from fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars, depending on what kind of tires you're well, buying. Well, you can get up into that range, but the average vehicle you're looking at over five hundred dollars to replace four tires now. Oh yeah, that's on the low end. Yeah, yeah. daughter put some on hers uh, recently, and it was right at seven hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's putting basic tires, having them balanced, mounted. So be able to cover that without having to go into debt. And be smart with your money. I asked the richest man that I knew one time what was the best advice that he could give me. And he said, be smart with your money. Well, okay. And sadly, I wasn't smart enough with the money that I should have been. So (laughs) we're a little more smart now than we were. Something else that fits into this category two or level two is extended first aid supplies. You need to expand that first aid kit to include more Uh, more comprehensive medical supplies. And you need to learn those advanced first aid techniques. This can go as far as suturing. We've put a suture kit on the featured items. There's a suture practice kit. Uh, There's a number of things that you can do there. Uh, This takes you into the Israeli battle dressings that can dress major wounds, tourniquets, things that are not in that basic first aid kit, things that if help is not coming or is going to be an extended time getting here, which happens a lot of times in hurricanes and tornadoes, sure enough. you're going to have an extended time in professional help getting there. And we need to be able to treat those injuries and be prepared to treat those with the proper gear. Thinking about that, Also stocking up on your personal hygiene and your sanitation supplies. Consider alternative sanitation solutions. For example, if your utilities are disrupted, and we're talking about the toilet, okay? Mm -hmm. If it's nothing more than a five-gallon bucket with a trash bag liner or kitty litter in it, you can actually create a pool noodle seat. You can cut a groove in a pool noodle and put that on top of the bucket for seating purposes. Makes it a lot more comfortable if you're sitting on a five-gallon bucket. Mm -hmm. It's not comfortable, and that pool noodle will help, but even more comfortable, and you can get these at Outdoor Man and such in the hunting department, actually, and that is a snap-on toilet seat that goes on a five-gallon bucket. I've seen that, and it's just like a seat with a lid, just like you have in your house. and you put that liner in there, and you have that bag of kitty litter nearby, and when you get through using it, put a scoop of kitty litter in on top of it, and you can use that several times without having to change the liners at that point. At some point, yeah. Yeah, then you can just And you might You might do it once per day, but you also need a plan of how you're going to dispose of that. Exactly. Right. So regularly review and update your prepping supplies, your prepping plans, and your skills. You want to stay informed about potential risks and adjust your preparations accordingly. Now, remember that becoming an intermediate prepper is a gradual process, and you prioritize based on your specific circumstances and concerns, but along the way, you may want to consider some advanced training, even things such as wilderness survival, advanced home defense or self-defense, homesteading. There's all kinds of workshops and courses relating to prepper interest. But continual learning is a key aspect of prepping at any level. And you also want to think about some community engagement. For example, connecting with like-minded individuals, 
or maybe joining some local prepper groups. We've done that. We mm-hmm. have a group here in central Alabama that meets together on a regular basis and we swap information. We share goods with one another and we share information and it has been extremely valuable, we find, uh, to be able to share and find those who have a very similar understanding. They're not living in fear and they're not panicked, Mm -hmm. but they are honing their skills and they are storing their supplies. And sometimes this community support can actually become a mutual assistance group as well. You know, it doesn't take a natural disaster or a cataclysmic event for you to need to be able to reach out to someone that can probably help you. And you'll find that a prepper group, these are the people that want to help. Mm -hmm. And you're being involved in that prepper group. You have something to contribute. They have something to contribute. And together, you can solve a lot of problems that are not even necessarily an emergency. They just may be able to help meet a need. And maybe you can help meet a need. It's very important. And information is the biggest thing there. Uh, I'm having problems with my tomatoes. What's causing this? Mm. So I go to Miss So-and-so who grows beautiful, beautiful tomatoes. Now, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, sometimes. And so that information there. Folks have tips and tricks and hacks and secrets that they can Mm -hmm. share with you to make you successful. Now, today's cup of coffee comes from John. Hey, John, thanks for that cup of coffee. We really do appreciate that. He means that too, really. (laughs) He's been appreciating your cup of coffee all day. Yeah, and I've been sitting here drinking on one while we're doing this podcast. Now, if you receive value from the podcast, would you help us by giving back a little? First, you can buy us a cup of coffee like John. Yeah. Second, you can start your Amazon shopping from our website. A lot of folks are doing that. That they are, and it costs you nothing extra, but it pays us a small commission on qualifying purchases, and you'll find the links to both of those at practicalprepping.info. Both of us really do appreciate it. Our super listening tip today deals with something that Krista's been doing for a long time. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it deals with organizing some of our preps and some of our household items. And what that is, and you've seen it, it is a hanging on the door, kind of a pocketed, it's called a shoe organizer. And I've seen it clear and I've seen them different colors, but I use a clear one. I hang this shoe bag organizer over the back of my pantry door, and in it, I'll put my plastic bags, my aluminum foils, my plastic wrap, different types of things. I even use short ones in another area, and I actually put different cans of soup Mm -hmm. labels out so that I can read what I have. You can use it for anything. We have a daughter that uses her clear plastic shoe bag organizer. And on the back of her basement door, she has all of her first aid types of supplies, her witch hazel, her isopropyl alcohol, all different kinds of medications and sprays and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's really whatever you want to put in there. And that's actually on the door going between the house and the basement. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. at the top of the step. So she just opens the door and pulls out what she needs. Yeah, it's just been real handy. And Krista mentioned the one on the back of the prepper door. It holds all of the various size of Ziploc bags. So we take them out of the box, put them in there. You open the door and you pull out one of the size that you need. There's also one hanging in our bath slash shower. Oh, yeah. We have it hanging on a, with S-hooks on a curtain rod, mm-hmm. shower curtain rod. That holds all of her shampoo, her conditioner, 
her body wash, his shampoo, and his conditioner, and, and his body wash. Now, I use your conditioner, <laughs> and, and I have, oh, okay. I have one slot in there for my shampoo. <laughs> But uh, it really does come in handy, and yeah. I know where my slot is, and I can find my shampoo with my eyes closed. So. Well, it's it's an inexpensive product to have, and it's got a thousand uses. Mm-hmm. Some people could probably use one in their wood shop, and maybe sure. they keep tools in it or hardware or what have you. I mean, it's it's really a just up to your imagination how you want to use it. But we just find that it's it makes use of a wasted space. Mm-hmm. And it's very handy. I like the clear ones because it's visual. I can see through the pocket, so I know exactly what's there. And uh, I recommend that if you haven't tried this before, try it. See what you think. And uh, let us know. Email us to say, hey, here's a photograph of how I'm using mine. And we put one that we use on the featured page of the website. So go to practicalprepping.info and click on Featured Items. And it will come right up there, and you can see exactly what we're talking about. They're not expensive at all. That's right. And so very, very handy to have to store and to organize some of those prepper supplies. Now, we're going to close with a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, and we want you to remember stuff happens. So please stay prepared. And we'll see you next time.